Section 15 of The Mounties and the News. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Esther. The Mounties and the News by the New York Times. Section 15. May 28, 1885. Poundmaker a Prisoner. Poundmaker a Prisoner. The Big Chief Surrenders Unconditionally. Middleton Holds the Leaders and two murderers, and allows the other Indians to depart. Ottawa, Ontario, May 27th. In the House of Commons this afternoon, the Minister of Militia read the following telegram from General Middleton, dated Battleford. I have made prisoners of Poundmaker and Leanman, Yellow Mud Blanket, and Breaking Through the Ice, being the most influential and dangerous men about him. I have also White Bear, who killed Indian instructor Payne, and Wawanita, who killed Tremont, the rancher. My next task may be Big Bear. Poundmaker brought in the teams taken, and gave up 210 stands of arms, and five revolvers. I have ordered them to give up the flour taken, and the horses and cattle, and am sending part of the police to see that it is all given up. The 19th has just arrived by steamer, and is in camp. The rest are coming by land. If obliged to move on the Indians, I propose to organize a force of mounted infantry made up of mounted police, Belton's scouts, and some mounted artillerymen, in all about three hundred men, and with light carts, and as little baggage and supplies as possible, so as to scour the whole country and strike rapidly. I expect that Big Bear will soon give up. If he does, I shall treat him as I have done Poundmaker. If he does not, I shall attack him immediately. There was great excitement here in the lobbies of the Parliament House today over the interview published between Riel and the chaplain who went down on the boat with the rebel leader to Regina. The French-Canadian members of the House, who have been insisting on Riel being treated leniently all along, discredit the report that he has denounced the Catholic Church and the Pope. If he has done so, they say they will stand by him no longer, and he will have to pay the penalty of his crime with his life. Winnipeg, Manitoba, May 27th. The following is Poundmaker's message to General Middleton, received at Carleton. Sir, I am camped with my people on Eagle Hills, where I am reached by the news of the surrender of Riel. No letter came with the news, so I cannot tell how far it may be true. I send some of my men to you to learn the truth and terms of peace. I and my people wish you to send terms in writing, so that we may be under no misunderstanding from which so much trouble arises. We have twenty-one prisoners, whom we have tried to treat well in every respect, with greeting Poundmaker by Mark. General Middleton's reply to him was as follows. Steamer Northcote, May 28th, Poundmaker. I have utterly defeated the half-breeds and Indians, and have made prisoners of Friel and most of his council. I have made no terms with them, neither will I make terms with you. I have men enough to whip you and your people, or at least drive you away to starve, and will do so unless you bring in the teams you took, yourself and your councillors to me with your arms at Battleford on Friday the twenty-ninth. I am glad to hear you treated the prisoners well, and have released them. Fred K. Middleton, Major General. In accordance with this, Poundmaker surrendered today, 
at eight o'clock this morning a wagon train numbering sixty-seven vehicles arrived with the half-breeds who corralled themselves just west of the barracks and laid down their arms the party numbered about a hundred and fifty all told the arms consisted of four rifles and seventeen guns and on searching their wagons some few rifles were found at eleven o'clock an indian rider in full war paint dashed in saying that poundmaker would arrive within an hour to surrender with all his counsellors promptly on time poundmaker arrived with the captured wagon train some stock and wagons loaded with repeaters and shotguns with a few flintlocks numbering in all two hundred and ten general middleton then held a big powwow which lasted three hours poundmaker blamed riel for inciting the indians to rise and said he came in to tell the general to kill him so as to save his people several chiefs followed all blaming riel for misleading them a scene occurred during the powwow when general middleton asked who killed barney tremont and payne one brave a stony rose from the circle kneeled at general middleton's feet and said the great chief could cut him in pieces as he had killed payne he further said he did not want all punished for his offence he said he killed payne in self-defence he said he demanded ten days rations from the instructor as he was going hunting he was refused and alleges that payne attempted to grasp his shotgun he succeeded but the indian regained it and shot him with buckshot his grandson confessed to murdering in cold blood barney tremont who was greasing a wagon the murderers were then arrested general middleton detained the leaders and told the others to go back to their respective reserves for the present and if they conducted themselves properly they would get rations the braves departed happy poundmaker and the other chiefs are under guard at the fort when asked what he was going to do poundmaker replied i cannot say but added that an unknown power drew him eastward when informed riel's defeat was admitted he said he promised riel aid he also said that his destination was unknown questions regarding the pillaging of the bull train and shooting of the scout elliot were satisfactorily answered he said past events would not have occurred had he known he was regarded as such a great chief he said he sent word to big bear to surrender he also said that colonel otter attacked him at cut knife as he was preparing to start for devil's lake the following half-breeds have been arrested for participating in the fight at cut knife creek baptiste hoyer andrew sayer alex bremer charles bremer and a white man named robert jefferson who was instructor with poundmaker the remainder of poundmaker's party is expected in to-morrow they evidently brought the least valuable of their arms to-day and the young braves are believed to have all the best rifles it is thought they will break into small parties and escape to the united states although the uprising is virtually ended the summer will be spent disarming the indians and trying the half-breeds the settlers say they will not venture back to the farms until the indians are put where they can do no harm a calgary dispatch says the advance force of general strange's column has reached saddle lake the stores there were plundered by big bear's indians some weeks ago major steele's command of mounted police 
and scouts have already found Big Bear's band, but without an encounter. Smoke Hills is a very difficult country to scout, as it is a succession of bluffs, ravines, and woods, forming choice ground for ambushes. General Strange is pressing Big Bear closely with his advance and main column, yet it is really possible for Big Bear to give him the slip, north, east, or even south across the Saskatchewan. Good authorities here are of the opinion that if Black Bear wants to avoid an engagement, he will either surrender or make for the north, where it will be impossible to follow him. The half-breed script commissioners left for the north today. They were supplied with Winchester rifles and 250 rounds of ammunition. Toronto, May 27th. The funeral of Lieutenant Finch of the Royal Grenadiers, who was killed at the Battle of Batouche, and whose body was sent here for internment, took place today, and was probably the grandest military funeral since the burial of the victims of the Fenian raid. A large number of volunteers paraded for the funeral, and the casket, which was wrapped in the Union Jack, was drawn through the streets on an artillery gun carriage by six horses. The funeral was witnessed by thousands of spectators, and a volley of musketry was fired over the grave. Representative volunteers from different parts of the province were present. End of section 15